Raiders, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it. It, of course, is Victory Lane. We got episode 173 on the docket for you here today. As you see from the description and title, it is Double D. Daniel Dye is on with us today, getting ready and ramped up for his first full-time truck series season with GMS Racing. Now, even though Petty GMS has changed to Legacy MC, Legacy Motor Club, GMS Racing remains as it is usually called. I know there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. We got into that in our conversation together, so I'm excited for you guys to hear that. We're going to chit-chat a little bit about the clash at the Coliseum year two and how that went martin truex jr bringing home the hardware and the medal for winning that event it's crazy he goes 38 weeks without a win last year and then before the season officially even starts he's in victory lane what a difference a year can make so we will chat about that for a little bit but before we do any of that we got to pay homage to the number 73 oh boy i wonder what papa siegel has cooked up for us this week take it away father Thank you, Duve, and welcome everyone to episode 173. Last time through the numbers, we turned our spotlight on Johnny Beauchamp, driver of car 73, who thought he had won the inaugural Daytona 500 until a photo finish review gave the win to Lee Petty three days later. As we said back then, number 73 is one of the least used numbers in NASCAR, with only 201 starts overall and no action in the big series for more than 20 years. At the time, we also gave a shout-out to Misty Motorcrass from the Cars movie. I know what Davey's thinking. If Pops had to dig that deep the first time around, including a Cars movie reference, what's he going to do today? A very good question and not an easy one. So... Put a telephoto lens on our Wayback Machine and look across the pond to the 1973 Formula One series, which featured drama in both the driver and constructor championships, as well as tragedy. The championship that year was won by the Flying Scot, Jackie Stewart, driving the iconic blue elf-sponsored Tyrrell. You want to see a cool-looking car? Google that one. It was Stewart's third F1 title and cemented his place as one of the iconic greats in the sport. The Constructors' title that year, however, went to Lotus amid on-track tragedy. You see, Stewart locked up the driver's title at Monza the week before the final race, and Tyrrell was leading the Constructors' standings going into the final weekend at Watkins Glen. Yes, the United States Grand Prix was held at the Glen way back then. During Saturday practice for the USGP, Stewart's teammate, Francois Sever, a great French talent who was being groomed as Stewart's replacement for the top position on the team, 
crashed in the S's. It was a brutal shunt, and he was killed instantly. Unfortunately, an all-too-common occurrence in those days. Ken Tyrrell withdrew his cars from the race the following day, and the constructor's title went to Lotus. That's all for this week. I hope Davey enjoyed our trip through the chicane, as Sir Jackie liked to say. Back to you, Doof. Thank you, Dad, for that wonderful ode to the number 73. I have to say, I, I did not know where you were going with that for a little bit, but I'm glad that we did go through the chicane and you uh, brought us back to the finish line. So thank you for that. Excuse me. You brought us back to victory lane. That, that was a layup. I should have just done that myself. All right. Let's start off this episode as we always do with a good old fashioned reggaeton and throw it straight over to my interview with Daniel Dye of GMS Racing. Going to pilot the 43 Chevy Silverado this year in the Craftsman Truck Series. Chatted about a lot with Daniel. He finished second in the Arkham Menard Series this past season, but he came oh so close to getting that championship. What happened? How did it happen? And why did it happen? We got into that information. He digested a little bit. I'm sorry that I brought up some bad memories, Daniel, but we chatted about that. His new teammates for this year at GMS in the form of Raja Karuth, who he battled with in Arca, and of course, Grant Enfinger. Now, Daniel is pretty young. Grant is, he's not old, but he's not young, considering that Daniel Dye and Raja Karuth are, I think both of them are teenagers. So Daniel gave Grant a lot of crap for his age, and I really thoroughly enjoyed that. He's from Daytona, so we chatted about what winning at Daytona would mean to kick off the season for him. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this chat. He's a bright young man with a lot of good things happening this season and in the future. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Daniel Dye. Pleasure to welcome on to the show today, driver of the 43 truck in the Craftsman Truck Series for GMS Racing, Daniel Dye. First of all, have you gotten craftsman wrong yet because it's as of this recording january 31st and i've already probably put 20 dollars in the swear jar no i i haven't the good thing is i'm not used to like saying camping world because this is my first run at it so uh nascar craftsman truck series I, I got it down okay and even though you're with gms racing are you used to calling the parent company the cup organization legacy motor club yet or are you slipping the tongue there too i i just call it the dark side that's that's what I thought because they so so with since the cup deal started, they've been taking like I lost some of my guys in the Arca deal to the cup side when they were first getting it done because they needed employees and they were moving it all around. So sure. I would I would say that we'd lose a guy to the dark side and it, but they move it all around. That's that's kind of what that's what I call it, even though that's that's where I'm trying to go. It's it's right. it's supposed to be. You're trying to go to the dark side, even though you know right. that they're stealing your guys. That's where you want to be one day. I get that. Right. I've got the I've got the blue saber right now. We'll work up to uh, to switch it switch it off at some point. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the cup shop and the cup operation, is it logistically and geographically? Is it in the same wing of the shop as GMS Racing? Is it a different building entirely? Give us the lay of the land over at GMS slash Legacy slash the Dark Side. <laughs> yeah so um i think most they kind of have a cut in half so it's, it's the main building is a big building um there's a there's a little section like right when you walk in the front door if you're going to look at it to the left they have a little section 
with I think they have like the laser scan thing for uh for tech like all the teams do and uh maybe there's some setup plates in there or something um but um there's a they're kind of cut the big shop in half and like the close side is the cup stuff and the back side is for me Grant and Raja so um yeah so it, it's pretty close to each other and everybody kind of is intertwined but um they still kind of have their own sides all right so 2023 i know it's here and the season is literally right around the corner just in a couple weeks you'll be on track ripping rocking and rolling at daytona what are preparations like at this point i know that you've never run a truck race so this is going to be your first time experiencing all of this what are preparations like for you right now Man, I've been spending a lot of time at the tech center. Um, up until now, I've never worked out, which has been torture <laughs> leading up for – I've been going for the last – let's see, it's February 1st tomorrow. So, yeah, just about two months. Uh, right after New Year's, I came up here. So, it's been a little bit of a nightmare. But the good thing is, is, like, I've got so much room to grow. Um but Dan Jansen's the is the physical trainer there. He's an Olympic gold medalist uh, in speed skating and and super fit and and real good at what he does. Um, Josh Wise and Scott Speed are also a part of the program. Um, so it's really cool having you know an F one driver, an experienced Cup driver, and Dan. They're all you know helping us um, be as good as we can be. Uh, so doing that. I've got a little bit of sim time, uh, worked on Vegas, uh, and Daytona a little bit. The one thing I'm kind of like concerned about with Daytona is our qualifying last year in the Arca series with Daytona and Talladega was, I mean, you just go and you just do it or actually, no, we didn't even qualify at Talladega. Um, but Daytona was, it was a group qualifying. You didn't have to worry about being stopped and really your time is a lot of just get through the gears. You got to get through the gears and get to the wall as quick as you can. Um, so I worked on that a little bit. Um, but just really busting my butt watching some YouTube videos of races in the past and uh, talking to Grant. Grant's a, a huge help. And Raja is actually really smart. He he sees things really good from back. Like he watches videos and he, he can break it down pretty good. So we got two really good teammates uh, that I'm going to be leaning on all year and and I think us three are going to work really well together. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Grant is obviously a huge resource. He's been around the block a time or two. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. So I assume out of all the people that you have inside the building at GMS and Legacy, Grant's probably one of, if not the main guy that you're going to just to get advice on the little and the big things ahead of the season. Because like we said, you've never strapped in a truck at speed in a race before. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a little bit nerve wracking leading up to it, but I think I am in the best situation as far as rookies coming into the season. Um, you know, aside from Raja who has a couple of truck races already under his belt and, uh, Taylor who has some truck races too. Um, as far as being completely fresh, I mean, I've got Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, Noah Gregson, Grand Enfinger and Raja and you know I haven't I haven't got a whole lot of time talking to Jimmy I've talked to him just a little bit um but like you said Grant is gonna be a huge help he's been racing trucks for you know 47 years uh so <laughs> it's gonna be uh it's gonna be good having Grant on my side uh have you met Wilbur yet Grant's pig 
I have not met Wilbur. No, I didn't. I didn't even know about Wilbur. You didn't know he had a pig. I did not know he had a oh pig. Oh my god, I'm breaking news to you. Yeah, it doesn't completely surprise me if I'm being honest. Yeah, his name's Wilbur. He's great. He's very adorable. So next time you see him, you gotta ask about Wilbur. Tell him. Tell Grant to bring Wilbur to the shop. It'd be a hit. Yeah, we can have a a Wilbur meet and greet day before Daytona. Now you're talking. You want to sell some. Good. You want to sell some wristbands and move some product. You bring Wilbur around. He'll help yeah, you out. Exactly. Um, you also mentioned Jimmy Johnson. Goes without saying, that man carries so much cachet along with him, along with seven championships. I know that you said you, you've only conversed with him a handful of times, but when you first got word that this was not just a rumor, this was reality, and Jimmy frickin' Johnson was going to be joining into the greater company as a whole, what was your reaction when you found out? Yeah, so I uh, before it was settled and it was just kind of being talked about, um, I heard a little bit of something, and I was like, I, I definitely didn't hear that right. They're talking about something else and they kind of just, I just kind of just threw away. I didn't worry about it. I, I misheard what I was hearing. Um, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm told about it. And they asked me if I wanted to go to Phoenix out there and, and go with them. But it was, I forget why I didn't end up going out there probably because I'm in Daytona and that's Phoenix. It's a long way. Um, but uh, crazy. It's crazy. I, mean, I was, I'm, I'm 19. So he was, he owned NASCAR uh, when I was growing up. So um, that's just, it's super cool to, to be able to, you know, be in the same building and organization kind of, I mean, even though we're, we're separate, we're, we're still work together. Right. Um, I mean, you walk, you, I walked in the shop last week and they're wrapping this pit box and it, it's got 84 Jimmy Johnson on it. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's like the coolest thing. I don't know what could really be cooler uh, than, than Jimmy Johnson coming in to what we've got going on um, for both me and Raja. I mean, Raja and I are really close in age and um, he talked about it a little bit. I think he dressed up as Jimmy Johnson for yeah. like Halloween in second grade or something. And he said that at the, his announcement, Um so I mean, it's just super cool for for both of us to to have a guy like him to lean on. Um, it was cool. I sent him a Merry Christmas text, and it like it's cool to get a text from Jimmy Johnson. You know what I'm saying? So it was just yeah. one of those things. It's like I, I wanted to frame it. Just the fact that I got a notification you from should. Jimmy. Johnson. I, I might. I I still have the opportunity to. Do one of those things. Go to go to like custom ink or whatever it is. Just take a screenshot of the text, put it on a t-shirt and wear it next time right. you see him. Be like, hey Jimmy, hey boss. <laughs> so for for a couple of years, I've actually had a I found a signed poster. Like I think he signed like a hundred posters of this painting. It was a print of the All-Star Race at Charlotte a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, and I've got it hanging up right above my iRacing rig in my room. And I've had it for a couple of years. Um so it, it's just cool. I mean, I saw it just about every day, and uh, now here he is a part of uh, now Legacy Motor Club. I know it's kind of cliche to say, too, but are you surprised by how quick this all came together? Like, you obviously had advanced notice compared to mere mortals like me and, and everybody on the outside, but it seems like one day we're at Phoenix, we're about to crown some champions, the next day we hear that Jimmy Johnson might join Legacy as an owner, and then boom, it's happening. And now here we are, and Daytona is going to try to race his way in, feel like it's all happened so quickly do you feel that way i i mean it, it's crazy uh you know it uh it went from me hearing about it 
and throwing it away to it being announced a little bit later and Mr. Gallagher giving him those dad shoes or team owner shoes. <laughs> and then, New balances, baby. Love them. And then not too much later, you know, the name's changing. I didn't know about the name change. I walked in uh, to the other shop, kind of where all the PR guys hang, and there's a the table is full of Legacy Motor Club merch. And he's like, and I was told, he's like, don't tell anybody, but this is for the Today Show. I'm like, no way, you're going on the, or no, Good Morning America. Same difference. Anyways. Uh, and I was like, no way. This is a cool, it's just, it's crazy. The attention that's going to be in our organization, yeah. um, the talent, the, the knowledge, the experience. Um, I, I really don't know if there's a better position to be in. Uh, I mean, I mean, for, for Grant, who's been racing for 436 years, you know, Raja and me who are, are pretty green into this. Um, I mean, those cup guys, Eric and Noah. Um, just so so cool. I, I'm I'm extremely thankful, and I'm trying to work my butt off so I can use this opportunity as well as I can. So before you said it was like 46 or 47, now it's 436. What is it? How old is Grand Enfinger? Well, Does he ever die? Trucks. He's been racing trucks for 47. Understood. He, he had about 390 years of racing before that. Even Got though he's it. not that old, he's 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 an old man. For Got us. it. That that's some quick math by you too. Good job. Yeah, I was, I was close. I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Closer than me. Uh, maybe the, <laughs> maybe the working out's keeping your brain fresh as well as your body. Maybe, maybe. So you didn't work out like at all, like in your 18 or 18 plus, whatever it is, years on this earth, you never really got into a strict regimen or anything like that? Not really strict. Uh, I mean, here and there, I'd, I'd go to the gym a little bit. Um, I think freshman year in high school, I took weightlifting. Um, I, no, just pretty much no. I've probably worked out before I started coming here, maybe like ten or fifteen times in total. And then like you weren't a bulked up fifteen year old kid in high school. No, not I was not very not very. It's bulk. not your natural body type. I couldn't tell. No. <laughs> I hear you on that though. So you also mentioned Raja. He's going to be your teammate full time in the truck series this year. You guys are no strangers to each other. You race tooth and nail, really hard, really competitively against each other in ARCA besides the on-track stuff that's happened between you two guys nothing bad or anything uh what has the relationship been between you guys before the deals got announced that you guys would be teammates were you close or anything like that away from the racetrack yeah so it's it's actually a kind of cool story um so before I don't know how we ended up becoming buddies but probably through social media or something but before he got started in racing, he was I racing a little bit, um, and he was getting ready to go to the combine with Rev Racing at New Smyrna Speedway, which mm-hmm. my house in in Florida uh, is like fifteen minutes away from there. Home track, yep. And um, so I'm talking to him where I racing. I'm trying to take him around some laps because I've got I've got probably ten or fifteen races at New Smyrna Speedway under my belt at that point. Um, he's asking me, you know, is there any late model stock teams that I can test with before I go there just so I get an idea of what we're talking about um I, I actually went to the combine and sat in the stands I couldn't get in because it, it was a private deal I didn't want to hmm. you know what was going on but I, I sat in the stands for the combine I think his dad and his sister were there um and I sat with them for a little bit and then he he was just good um obviously got that late model deal and that legend card deal right away um did pretty good and then got the Arca East deal like I did. We we've kind of been been on the same path. You know, do a little Arca East, 
uh, get into a better deal. Um, their stuff got better when they moved to, I guess he might've been Chevy the whole time, but um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've kind of just came up a little bit. He's, he's got more national series starts, you know, he's got that stuff with uh, Tommy's team and um, with Bono's team um, with Spire. So um, he's got, he's got more experience than I do at this point, which is good because we're buddies. We can talk about that. Um, but working up before then, like I remember there was one of those uh, ARCA races at those horse tracks this year. Um, we were talking about trying to, uh, you could tell I loved those races. Um, <laughs> we were talking about no lies. finalizing the deal. Um, and it was just cool. It was, it was cool being there and hearing about it and trying to finish it up. And um, I actually drove, overnight um i forget what i was doing the night before his announcement but i I drove overnight through the night got here in charlotte at about maybe 6 a.m and and slept for two or three hours and went to his announcement just because we're buddies and i want to be there for him and and support what he's got going on and and i think that's going to be really cool off track um you know being able to have a buddy like that at the racetrack and and have a friend and uh I also think it's to be good on the racetrack or be good chemistry. Um, and then, and then talk pretty well after the races and compare notes and, and try and make ourselves better with the help of each other. That's a really cool story. It's, it's kind of like a bromance that nobody really knew existed. We saw those, that photo shoot you guys did at uh, production days though. I love that. Yeah. That they picked like the absolute worst option for that. Oh, uh, please. There, there was like five or six in that pose, which that pose, it can only be so cool. Um, and there was there were there there was some that looked a little bit better than the one they posted, but uh, yeah, it's fine. I, I think that just shows that uh, you know we're we're looking forward to racing with yeah. each other and 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 working together, at GMS. So I mentioned you know you guys had competed fiercely against each other on track in the Arkham Menard series past couple years. I wanted to chat about that for a little bit, and I know that you were kind of joking about the horse tracks. That chapter is pretty much closed, but you had a very very successful tenure on the Arkham Menard Series platform, be it in the East, on the National Tour, and you just came so close to the title this year. I remember I was watching the finale, and it wound up being a part failure. Was It It was like a small part, too, right? It wasn't necessarily like a big thing that, that wound up keeping you from contending. Yeah, it was something on the, the control arm or something on the right front. Right. I honestly don't even remember. I That, that day is it repeats in my head over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the ARCA series was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, GMS racing with Chad Bryant as my crew chief was a bunch of fun. I learned a lot. Um, you know, we had, we had really good races The cars were always really fast. We just never got that win. I mean, we led a lot of laps. Phoenix early was really good. Um, they, I don't know if they had a, a problem with the lights or something, but I had a, a bad a bad restart. The yellow lights flashed coming to the restart zone in Phoenix for that last restart, which kind of put me in a bad spot, um, but finished second there. Like so many top fives. I don't remember if I had – I think I had like 16 or 17 15 top fives. 15 top fives, 15. 17 top tens. Gotcha. See, that's that's not that, – that's pretty cool uh, to be able to do that. Um, but no wins. I mean, I – I was in I was in position at Berlin. Um yep. the ignition box quit, which that was that was heartbreaking. 
Um, well, and Berlin, you won the year before, and I think it was your second start. So, I mean, if, if you're going to win anywhere, I had my, my, my eyes on that track as well. Yeah, and, and that was smooth sailing all day, um, and it didn't work out. But uh, then Talladega, I throw away that for myself. Um, Layden, Brett Holmes pushes me to the lead, and I ran a couple eight ball races before then, and I used – there's this little mirror on the left side, which I think my screen is messed up here, but on the left side – uh, next to the window net. And I use that a lot in late model races, but at that Talladega race, I was using it too, trying to look at where Corey was, but we were like three lanes apart. So he looked way further away than I thought. Um, and, and my, my spotter, Derek called inside 10, 15 seconds before then. And I think it, it, everything's going on so fast and, and Brett is pushing the crap out of me. Like I'm sawing at the wheel at 180 or whatever. Um, and I, I honestly, I I knew Corey was was nearby, but I thought I cleared him when I looked. And obviously, that if if I didn't do that, the championship would have been locked going into Toledo. Um, but I mean, same with with Berlin. If we would have won Berlin, uh, we would have been locked. If we didn't blow up at Iowa, we would have been locked. Um, I mean, if I guess I still finished sixth at Charlotte, but got racked got wrecked by a lap car under caution at Charlotte, which is kind of, kind of one of those things. Um, but so many things learned, um, communication with the team, learn about aerodynamics, how crazy all the air works, side drafting and just regular drafting and, um, you know, getting clean air on your nose. Um, I learned a lot and I, I know it's, it's a short amount of time as crazy as 20 races sound, uh, sounds it's it's not a whole lot compared to you know what I'm going into in the truck series I mean Zane Smith has ran three or four years in the truck series and and I mean gonna have to race a couple races against Kyle Busch and Grant Enfinger's been running for what we say 47 years so you got a lot of really really experienced guys um, and I've just got to do everything I can to use the the little bit of knowledge I have compared to what they have and just maximize it uh, when I get to the racetrack. I promise this will be my last question because I don't want to harp on the bad memories and I don't want to trigger you. But, I mean, all, all those things that you said, whether it was a lap car taking you out, if it was an engine issue, if it was the part problem that you had at Toledo, again, 15 top fives, 17 top tens. Those are insane numbers. I know that the competition level maybe some weeks wasn't as high as other weeks, but it doesn't take away from the performance and the results that you had all year, which which leads me to this question. You're sitting on pit road at Toledo waiting to to figure out what the issue is and for your guys and gals to fix that part, and you can literally just see the championship getting out of your grasp. What is going through your mind at that point? Um. I don't know. Not, not a whole lot. Um, I mean, they've been looking forward to Toledo since Daytona. I mean, you know, the championship started in February. Um, and I don't know, I, I, you know, we had that issue where I was running what third or fifth, I think I was running third and the car wouldn't stay on and I had to restart 14th or whatever. And uh, you know, happened a couple times and then go in there on that restart and it feels like the right front goes flat, but it feel it moving. So I know something's just broke and nothing's flat. Um, I don't know. Sitting there was tough. I mean, sitting there watching Nick on the yeah. back stretch blow by me, 
Like, all right, I was counting. I counted probably up to 18 uh, for laps down. Um, and there he goes. There's one. There's two. And and really, by the time you get to four or five, it's like game over. I mean, yeah. what are you going to uh, – I don't know. I didn't want to give up. I mean, we they put it back together, went back out, and made as many laps as I could. Um, you, you just never know sometimes. So – uh can't quit and and that that's kind of the one thing that we we tried to do all year was not quit and i think that's that helped us put ourselves into contention for the championship at the end of the year i think we could have quit when that lap car took us out at, at charlotte but we came back and we finished sixth and i mean i was i was passing out because all the fumes were coming in from the exhaust because all the right sides tore off and the front of it's tore off I was, I was seriously, I could see this. If you go like that and you look through it, that's what I could see. And Yikes. so after that race, I had uh carbon oxide poisoning, which was a little bit of a uh, experience, but not fun. No. Um, but just one of those, it, it, none of us quit. We, we all wanted to keep fighting at, at one of the horse tracks. We had a right rear tear off the whole side of the car when, when it blew up under practice and, they they put it together and it looked like a street stock on a Saturday night that's been racing for the last eighteen years. It was it was all bent and banged up and we went out there and I think we finished let's see, that one was either seventh or fourth. Um just gotta keep just gotta be scrappy. Just yeah. just gotta keep fighting and, and, and get every little thing you can get. So all these these stories about perseverance and not giving up, as cliche as they are, I think it kind of speaks to the mental that you have as a driver, the team that you have and had, you know, what, what, what they were made up of. What did you learn about yourself in terms of racecraft, managing your stuff? Because like you said, 20 races, that's not a small sample size, but these races in the truck series, they're longer. The competition level's higher. There's more stuff back to back. It's a long grind comparatively to the ARCA schedule. Do you think that you can pinpoint maybe one or two things that you learned about yourself this past calendar year that you may be able to take into 23? Yeah. When I think about it, the, the biggest race that, that comes to mind was IRP. Um, one of the fastest cars there had a bad qualifying run. I was just way too confident. I drove it in like 20 car lengths too deep into one. Um, and, and I ended up qualifying fifth or sixth. Um, but I, I rode behind the 20 car for like, 120 laps out of the 200 laps instead of just giving him a little tap and going on. I mean, and I eventually did my crew chief was like, all right, if you just want to hang out in seventh all day and, and ride the twenties, butt, then, then go ahead and do that. And I was like, all right, Chad, watch this. And I, I got him and, and went, I talked to him after the race and he wasn't mad. And at that point I was like, all right, what are you doing? And, and really everybody I got to, I, I gave a little nudge. I don't do anything crazy. I, I kind of, I tell them I'm there if they want to give it to me, Sure. you know, right. If they don't, I'll take it. The and proper way really to pass mad. somebody on a short track. You're doing it right. Right. So I, uh, I, I don't remember where he ended up finishing. I think maybe fifth. Um, but I gotta be less patient. I mean, there's times you gotta be patient. You can't, you know, you can't race at the end of stage one like it's the end of the race. I mean, take what you can get, um, but it, it's it's not the whole race. Um, but you do have to have a certain aggression level, and especially getting into the truck series. These guys are crazy. 
And there's, there's what, how many trucks are there in a race? 32, 34. Yeah, and, 36, and something like that. 20 of them are, are there racing for the win. And I mean, you can't, you can't ride. If you ride at, at especially at a short track, it's hard to pass at your, your day is over. If you're not just locked in doing what you got to do. No mercy. So, um, just, you got to have just like a, a slight bit of mercy and, and you got to, you got to, you know, still have respect. You have to respect the drivers you're racing against. Um, but at the same time, I think they understand if, if you've got to go, you got to go. But it's a tough balancing act. And for you, who's, who's never done it before, I assume that's where you kind of lean on Grant's 473 years of experience. And, you know, you can pick Jimmy's brain too. And you and Raja, even though he has a couple starts, you two are pretty much in the same boat. So trial by fire, it seems like that's going to have to be the way. Yeah, and and I think it's just going to be, you know, watching how the guys that you're racing around are racing. Uh, if if they're racing a certain way, they can't be mad at you if you're racing the same way. But if they're being respectful and, and you're respectful, it it's just just the way it is. Sure. So that's that's it's kind of how I look at it. Um, race the way you're raced. Race the people the way they're racing others. Um, just gotta just gotta figure it out. It takes time. So some people may not know that uh, your dad, Randy, he serves on the board of the NASCAR Foundation. I assume that he's been pretty instrumental in you and in helping getting your racing career up off the ground in the Daytona area. Now, obviously, getting into the truck series. Give the people a little bit of background in terms of how you got started in racing, how your dad was involved, and how he's helped you get to this point in your career. Yeah, so uh, just like a little background on my dad's life. Um, oldest four brothers from Pennsylvania. Um, when he was young, I, I forget what the specific issue was, but really bad kidney issue to the point where he, it was kind of iffy if he was going to make it. Um, all the family's money went to that. So by the time everybody was okay, no money. My dad was working at 12 or 13 trying to help his brothers, uh, my uncle, Kurt, Jeff, and, uh, TJ. Did I do that right? In order too. That was good. Um, well <laughs> and just was, has always been a hard worker. Um, you know, started washing cars and selling cars and managing a, a car dealership to the point where he got to have his own, uh, car dealership, uh, now has a couple in the Daytona beach area. Um, and, and when he got to the point where he, he could race, um, because my family's been race fans forever, probably for as long as Grant's been racing. Um, we've, uh, <laughs> Jeez, ruthless. <laughs> um, he ended up racing. He, I think he got started at late 1998, new smart speedway, Lakeland speedway, um, or USA speedway. Um, and when I was a little kid, he, he was done racing at that point. He got in a, in a pretty bad crash when I was little. Um, but seeing trophies and pictures around the house, I think everybody wants to be like their dad. Um, you know, that was, that's what got me started. Uh, I just wanted to be like him. Um, he took me to the quarter midget track when I was five years old, uh, started when I was eight. Um, that quarter midget track, he actually built, um, with Mark Martin. Um, I think the closest track. So Mark used to live in the fly-in in the Daytona area. I forget if it's right. or orange. Um, but they had to go all the way to Tampa with Matt to race quarter midgets. Um, and that's, you know, the whole other side of the state of Florida. Um, so my dad had a relationship with the Hart family who owned New Smyrna Speedway and they built that quarter midget track. 
Um, and then however many years later I'm born and, uh, want to start racing and got up and started racing. I fell in love with it and he fell in love with me, you know, us being able to do it together. We've just been, uh, going ever since. And another guy who obviously has ties to the Daytona beach racing scene is Ben Kennedy. You obviously have been tied in with him on the late model side with Ben Kennedy racing. Is that still a thing? Like, I know you still do some extracurricular racing on the late model side, but is that still under the BKR banner? Uh, so, as of right now, I don't have any plans on, on running any late model stuff. Uh, okay. But Jimmy Kitchen, who, who kind of oversees that program, um, I talked to him three or four times a week. Uh, they got a new driver. I forget what his real name is, but they call him Johnny Crash. Um, I think his last name's Armandia. Uh, but Sounds they promising had their with a name race. like that. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they just had their first race with him over the weekend, and I talked to him on the phone and talked to Jimmy, checking in, watching on Racing America and race monitors. So, um, gotcha. Trying to try and stay involved. They they helped me a lot getting my foot through the door, uh, and and with those late model races and the getting my ARCA career kind of jump started. So, um, yeah, I, I owe a lot to those guys. Been fun. Had a lot of, you know, a lot of trouble with with finishes and stuff and not being as good as we'd like to be. Um, but, you know, just one of those things you got to work through. And, and just like me trying to get better, they're trying to do the same. And I'm trying to be there for those guys to help uh, with all the drivers they got coming through. I assume that relationship or at least the start of it just came from both of you have ties to the Daytona area. Both of you are racers. He is in a position to maybe give back a little bit you're in a position that you want it to be a sponge and soak up all the information and the two seem kind of to match up perfectly. Yeah, it, it worked out. Um, my, my dad is friends with, uh, Mike Helton and Jim France pretty close and in the France family. And, and obviously Ben, even though it's Ben Kennedy, he's part of the France family. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we wanted to get started, it just worked out that, um, that was the right decision. So, uh, shop was right there in Daytona beach. Uh, only, really 30 minutes from the house. Uh, so it worked out. And uh, a lot of, a lot of my success is, is uh, because of them and just super thankful for everything they've done for me over the last four years, four or five years. Um, learned a lot with those guys, had a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it just is a cool, cool thing the way it worked out. Um, and I, I'm going to stay involved with those guys going to Daytona in a couple of weeks. They're going to be mm -hmm. at, New Smyrna Speedway during Speed Week, so I'm going to go out there a couple nights and and try and and work and help those guys as much as I can. I know that you're super young. What what year were you born in? Oh three. Yeah, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> but so I mean, Ben Kennedy, all things considered, he's also insanely young to be where he's at, doing what he's doing in terms of NASCAR leadership. You grew up in the Jimmy Johnson era, as did I. We kind of have a different view of the sport for compared to somebody like Ben or your dad or Mike or Jim. But what do you think of all the things that Ben is doing and spearheading and really being one of the, the foremost leaders of change within NASCAR right now? I think everything he's doing has been phenomenal. I think it's super cool. Um, you know, it's it's cool to have, you know, somebody that you know and you've talked to being such an important part in, in one of, you know, the, the handful of professional sports that are so, you know, known worldwide. Um, I, you know, I, he's from, from what I've heard from everybody around me. So first off, he's super humble. 
if if you would walk next to him on the street, you never know who he was. You never know what kind of family he's come from. Um, he's just a super down to earth, super cool guy. Um, and that's that's awesome seeing guys like that, you know, succeed in in, in what they're doing. Um, I I knew Ben as Ben Kennedy, the race car driver, when right. I was getting get started. I didn't know I didn't know he had anything to do with with the France family, to be honest with you, when we were getting started. Um, but now, obviously, that his his racing's done and and he's so involved within the the business side of the sport. Uh, it, it's super cool seeing the, the strides that he's making, um, you know, just to keep the sport moving. So I know you're running the 43 truck this year. You ran the 43 car in, in ARCA and K&N and you ran it for Ben Kennedy Racing as well. What, does that come from anywhere specific? Because it's the same font as the King. I know that GMS obviously has the connection now, but back then when it first started, what are the origins of the 43 with you? Uh, for me, it was my dad. For my dad, it was Richard Petty. Um, and my dad is also friends with the Petty family, specifically Kyle, um, mainly Kyle. Um, but I never really knew that part either. I never knew he knew any of those guys. Um, I just knew that my dad was number 43. Um, so been running it forever. Uh, now I understand where it came from and in the history behind it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been super cool to, to have the support of the King and the Petty family, um, over the years from being in quarter midgets and late models and super late models, Arca now going into trucks. Yeah. Um, it, it's super cool having those guys support. Uh, but, but from the start, it, it's been what my dad was uh, and, and really just trying to keep what he had going. So let's get back to the here and the now. As we said, Daytona is rapidly approaching at the time of this airing. It's probably already speed week, not weeks, week. Uh, by the way, as an aside, growing up in Daytona, is it weird that it's speed week now and it's not speed weeks? I guess I guess I haven't really thought about that because what, now it's only Thursday, it's only week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, qualifying's on the Wednesday. Media day is also that Wednesday, and there's not the clashes in Daytona anymore. So instead of speed weeks, it's only one week. Yeah, growing up there, it was cool because I got to skip a lot of school and go to a lot of races. I didn't skip a lot because I got to be late because I was still a little kid and I had to sleep in. Backtrack there. Right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's still cool. I mean, I know it's a little more compact. There's more going on. but to start the the NASCAR season in my hometown with the the biggest race of the year is super cool. Um, I remember being a little kid, sitting in the stands, watching all the races. Um, so to be able to race the ARC race last year was super, super cool. But now I get to go to the racetrack with a NASCAR patch on my suit, a NASCAR sticker on the car, on the truck. Um, yeah. Man, I, I my dream when I was little was to drive a late model, be like my dad never in a million years that I think it was going to get to the point where I'm, I'm doing interviews like this and <laughs> working with Jimmy Johnson and, and Mike beam and Mr. Gallagher. And I, it's, I mean, you sit down and you think about it, it, it makes no sense. It's, it's, I'm just super, super blessed. Um, I, it, I, it's crazy. I, I don't really know how to put it into words. Um, but Count down the days, man. Seventeen days till Daytona. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been looking forward to it. Being where you're from, 
doing what you've done, the history that you and your family have. I know we're putting the cart before the horse here, so excuse me. I know it's a cliche question, but what would it mean for you to win at Daytona? I I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know how to I don't know how to put that into words. I it'd just be the coolest thing ever. I mean, my my dad when he was 16 or 17 went with my grandpa uh to their first Daytona 500 and uh, you know went for I don't even remember how many years in a row, 20 something. Um all the way from Pennsylvania. Um so obviously not even just because we live in Daytona, but my family's past with Daytona International Speedway mm-hmm. is super important to me. Um to win there would be I I I think I think that's kind of I could I could never drive a race car again to be happy if I won a Daytona. Now <laughs> Now, if now if I win Daytona, trust me, I want to win twenty two more races after that this year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. That's that's at the that's at the top of the achievement uh, achievement list. I know, given that you've never run a truck race, that's a bit unrealistic. Entirely possible. It's happened before. I'm sure it'll happen again. No reason you can't make that happen. But realistic expectations for the entire 2023 season. Do you think that you're able to to have some of those, or is it more so you're taking things week by week because you've never done it before? Just trying to learn as much as I can uh, to make the playoffs be rookie of the year. That'd be great. I think we definitely have the ability to do it. Um, I think I definitely have the the focus and determination to get better to be able to do it, um, along with everybody else at GMS Racing. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Playoffs and rookie of the year. That'd be nice. Um, we're going to do everything we can to do that. Hopefully knock off a couple wins. That'd be nice. Uh, that obviously seal the deal with getting to the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we get it done right away. Uh, and then we have, you know, much races to just sit back, relax, learn and, and try and knock off a couple more wins. But, uh, yeah, just gonna, like I said before, just be scrappy, get as many playoff points and regular points that we can, um, be consistent. And, uh, I think we'll have a good year. Truck Series is going to some awesome places this year. Milwaukee Mile, IRP. I forget. Are you guys going to Sonoma or is that Xfinity? I forget. No, no Sonoma for us. Okay. Mid-Ohio? Uh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. That's what I thought. Okay, so <laughs> even though you don't like that place, really some unique venues that the series is going back to with Craftsman back as the series entitlement sponsor, some throwback venues like IRP in Milwaukee. I feel like it's a really cool and interesting time to be in the truck series. Are there any specific race weekends or tracks that you're looking forward to more than the others? Uh, for me, Daytona, um, IRP, Milwaukee, like you said, uh, North Wilkesboro is going to be cool because mm-hmm. we don't have any laps there. None of us do. Uh, I mean, aside from the little handful of us that have run late model races there or whatever. Um, I think those places are kind of places I have circled. Um, Mid Ohio. I, I actually do like mid Ohio. I, uh, backtracking again, are we? I went to the Arca race pretty unprepared and then it was raining. So not completely knowing where you're going and it raining is not a good combination. Uh, I figured it out. I think I crossed the line second or third, but I got trapped a lap lap down early. So I figured it out, uh, but a little too little too late. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, craftsman coming back, super cool. Um, Gonna gonna be some cool nostalgia for the old school race fans this year. Um, 
So it's going to be, you know, Darlington, I think is going to be cool uh, having all those throwback schemes and it still be in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series again. Yeah. So um going to be fun. Going to be a lot of cool stuff going on all year. Did you have a favorite driver growing up? Uh, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it was, you know, Jimmy Johnson uh, and Tony Stewart. Those were those are my two guys. Um, I like Jeff Gordon as I got a little bit older. Um, and he was kind of on his way out, but yeah. Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson were kind of my two main guys. My sister, who's, uh, let's see, she's 15 years, six, 15, 16 years older than I am, uh, was a big Casey Kane fan, probably like most girls her age at that point. I was going to say, uh, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> uh, so I, I, she kind of got me to root for Casey when I was a little kid, um, gotcha. which is cool because Kevin Hamlin is going to be my spotter this year who uh, was Casey's guy and, and works yeah. as uh t-shirt place now so um yeah just just really cool uh and like i said having having jimmy as you know one of my favorites as a kid and now as i mean you can kind of look at it as kind of he's my boss and if you go here and there and around connect uh, the dots yeah right so um yeah i'm just super excited stuff you should tell jimmy that he was your guy growing up i feel like that'd be an interesting conversation i i'm not sure I don't think we've talked about. I know he knows about Raja because he was there for his his announcement. Right. Uh, that's the only time me and him have actually talked was there for a little bit at Raja's announcement. So, uh, and the Merry Christmas thing. But um, yeah, that would be something cool to tell him. How about the King? Have you gotten to chat with him at all? I know he's a you know an official ambassador now that he's not technically an owner of the team. Yeah. Uh, I, over the years, a, a couple times I've gotten to talk to him. Um, I actually, I could probably find the picture on my phone, uh, but I have a picture with him and my quarter midget as a little kid. He signed my car. Um, I've got a, my first quarter midget helmet is actually signed by him sitting in my room. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've got to interact with him and Dale Inman uh, a handful of times over the past couple of years. You're running his number and you're basically at his team that I know it doesn't bear his name anymore, but still a big deal. Has he given you any crap or anything like, Hey, Come on, you got to rep the forty-three for us now. <laughs> not, not a whole lot. Um, yeah, not a whole lot. I think that was kind of like you know Thad when he was still racing. I know he's, I think he's doing Trans Am stuff this year. Um, you know, he was, he was repping the the family and the forty-three, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think I get a little bit of a break because I'm not a not a petty, but at the same time, <laughs> it's still a forty-three NASCAR. Gotta uh-huh. gotta make him and all the forty-three fans proud. All right. I saved the best question for last, at least the question that most people are probably wondering. And I've actually never asked you the question, so I don't know. What's up with the hair? Was it was this a conscious choice? Has this been like years in the making? What's up with it? Not really. It's it's really just me not caring. Uh, I don't I don't Fair wake enough. up and, and try and fluff fluff it, it up. Actually, it's kind of short right now. It, it, I let me tell you something, and and this is this is exactly why they didn't let me do it. I wanted to shave my head, not like bald. I wanted, I wanted a buzz cut. I was tired of it. I working out. This thing is a nightmare, <laughs> and especially when it's long. I would love a buzz cut, but a handful of people said no. Uh, so can't do it. But um, you need some hair ties. It's just kind of whatever. It's there. I'll just deal with it. <laughs> It is kind of short right now, though, right? Like, it's usually a little bit longer, at least from what yeah, I've I got seen a, pictures on TV and stuff. Yeah, I got a pretty aggressive haircut uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> aggressive haircut. That doesn't <laughs> sound fun. <laughs> well, right. Um, all right. 
What's up with Grant as well? Like, you've been subtly jabbing him the entire interview. I didn't know that this fake animosity existed. What's up with it? Has he been giving you crap the whole year or something? No, I just kind of like messing with Grant. He's he's just one of those guys. He's he's fun to, to poke fun with. I do the same thing with Roger. We just – everybody pokes fun at each other. Yeah. So, uh, I, compared to me and Roger, he's the old guy in the organization. And I – and yeah. I and he's he's around there and he I was sitting in my seat uh trying to get everything situated for Daytona and he comes by and we actually we get the um I don't know if you've seen the in car camera from the arc races but there's a there's a screen we have a digital dash mm-hmm. uh, and I just learned how many cool things you can do with it it's like completely customizable like I can I can take a screenshot of us right now and put it on the digital dash why don't you do it. I, I don't think I want to see either of our faces on my digital dash. Wow. At Daytona. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Ouch. I, I said, I said the same thing about, I, I think my crew chief asked me if I wanted to put his face on there. I said, absolutely not. Yeah. I actually want to be motivated when I'm racing, not just distracted and grossed out. What's Davey doing down there? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, so he came by and he was, um, you know, he, was, he shook his head and I was changing the backgrounds and stuff. So it, just one of those things. He's, he's super cool. Um, been a big help to me through ARCA and now this year in trucks. So, uh, going to be really fun having a guy with as much experience as him on, on my side. And obviously having Raja, uh, we're both going to be leaning on him a lot. I'll leave you with this. Just be careful how much you make fun of him. Cause what I, from what I hear, if you make fun of him, you got to go through Wilbur to get there. I don't think I want to deal with Wilbur. I don't know. I I don't think he does either. (laughs) Wilbur's the one that's keeping him sane. Right. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. Thanks to you for carving out so much of it. I know it's a busy time for you, especially getting ready for Daytona. And the next time I see you, it will be Speed Week. So cannot wait to see you down there. Best of luck this season. And we'll be chatting soon, my friend. Sounds good, man. Thank you. And we are back. Thank you to Daniel for carving out some time. I had been trying to schedule that chat forever, but he is a busy guy, and I'm glad that we were able to uh, set some time aside, get it on the books, and press that record button with Daniel. So thank you to him for the time. Thank you to Kevin Striegel for helping coordinate that conversation. Much appreciated, gentlemen. Looking forward to doing it again soon. All right, we talked about the clash a little bit at the top. Let's get into it a little bit more here now, so I mentioned Martin Truex Jr. He goes 38 weeks in 2022 without a win. What's going on with MTJ? Is he going to retire? Has he lost a step? I don't know. What's happening? He is fine, everybody. Clearly, he's fine. I don't know what the thing was that was bugging him last year. Was it Lady Luck? Was it speed? Was it adjusting to the next-gen car? Whatever it was, he and James Small, they put all that behind him, and they absolutely just put a whooping on him on Sunday at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. They were pretty much the fastest car for, I would say, the totality of the race. It showed, and I think for all the chaos and craziness and shenanigans and cautions that we saw, the fastest car wound up winning the race, which at the end of the day is all you can really ask for. The 19 was the class of the field. The 19 was on the top step of the podium. Yes, NASCAR did a podium for the first time. I don't think that it was received too well because A, TV had to cut away from it. Not their fault. They they have programming windows and broadcast windows, people. And B, it just it didn't seem like there was a lot of hub and pub-up and circumstance behind it 
at least literally, like behind it. There wasn't really that much going on. I know the peristyle was there. But I think that maybe on a place like Coda that actually has a built-in podium, it could be kind of badass. I wouldn't hate if they tried it again. I also wouldn't hate if they never did it again. I'm, I'm very indifferent on this. I understand people that feel pretty vehemently against it, considering that it's an open wheel and sports car type of thing, and this is NASCAR. But I can take it or leave it. Either one. I mentioned all those cautions. 16 cautions flew in this clash. Caution laps did not count, which made for a longer main event time-wise than we were kind of expecting. There was five last year, 16 this year. So why? What's the reason for the uptick in cautions? Was it aggressiveness? Was it was it carelessness? What was the deal? I think you can probably pinpoint it to a couple things. Everybody's comfortable in the next-gen car now. They know how it handles. They know how it feels. They know how it drives. So they weren't as careful as they were last year. Second of all, they know how durable these cars are. They know that you can beat and bang and lean on a guy and the car will keep running and it'll be fine. There's essentially no aero dependency at a quarter mile track like the LA Coliseum. So they were beating and banging to their heart's content. And lastly, I think you can't overlook the fact that it's still a race and people want to win. Like last year, don't get me wrong, everybody wanted to win and Joey Logano did. But in the back of their minds, they were thinking, all right, well, I don't really know how this car works. We're low on inventory. Let's just take it easy. I don't want to get into too much trouble here and tear some stuff up because it'll put us in a bad spot. Now, even though they're not in a great spot inventory-wise, you could tell they were kind of going balls to the wall, and it got a little too sloppy, at least for my liking, there for a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think this clash was a resounding success by far. Bar none. Say what you want about Wiz Khalifa. Say what you want about Cypress Hill. I'll say what I want real quick. I loved it. I don't care what you say. This is not the normal in NASCAR, so I'm all for differentiating things and making it different and cool. I love Wiz. That was cool to see him there. This event in and of itself has become exactly that, an event. You don't go to the Clash to see good racing. You go to the Clash because NASCAR cars on a quarter-mile track inside a stadium with rap artists and an L.A. flair is not NASCAR, but it is for one weekend out of the year. And I know, no disrespect to Fontana, this is in the heart of L.A. I don't know what the future of this event looks like, if they're going to keep it in L.A. next year and beyond, if they're going to try to go somewhere else, whether that be internationally, domestically, whatever it is, I will do the same thing I did last year, and that's commend Ben Kennedy, commend Steve Phelps, commend everybody involved in making this event a reality from the people that paved the track and tore it up to the people that went to the race and sat in the peristyle and in the grandstands. Everything about this event has been awesome. And most of all, because it's different. I love different. It was awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like next year. I, If I had to bet money on it, which I don't, and I won't, I would say that it will be back at the Coliseum as a non points race, as an exhibition, please, for the love of God. But crazier things have happened. Who knows what we'll see next year. All I hope is that it remains an exhibition race, it remains fun, and it remains an event. There's a lot of times where, and I'm guilty of it too, society, NASCAR is no different. We have a good thing. We can't just let it be. You got to gin it up. You got to make it worth something. You got to change the rules, the regulations, the qualifications, whatever. The Clash of the Coliseum is good. Leave it where it is. It was a three-year deal when they signed it. Let the three-year deal run out. 
Then you'll have hopefully a half mile short track at Fontana built by then. You can go there for a points paying race. And if you want to take the Coliseum concept somewhere else and maybe do it later in the calendar year so you can afford to do it weather wise at warm weather climates that are usually cold in February. Great. Let's do it then. But for now, I'm cool with just leaving it how it is. All right. Fast show, everybody. That was episode 173 of Victory Lane. Glad you were here along for the ride with us and with me. Happy race week, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, we have Corey Heim coming on the show with us next week. He is going to be a race winner and title contender, I would say, for Tricon Garage this upcoming season. Good to chat with him. That interview has already been recorded, so I'm excited for you guys to hear that chat. And again, thank you to Daniel Dye for coming on this week. Thank you to Kevin Bellcourt for coming on last week, kicking us off with a bang. And most of all, thank you to you for tuning in this week and every single week. If you got any feedback to give me, you can do so on Twitter at Davy Center. Follow me on TikTok at Davy Siegel. Instagram, you can find me there at Davy underscore the man, two ends underscore four. OGs know why. Uh, and any other social media platform, please, you know where to find me. Text me, beat me, you know how to reach me. And again, any feedback, I'll take it. Positive, negative, good, bad, ugly, whatever. If you are going to Daytona, I am so excited to see you there. I'm headed down there Tuesday. We'll be there from Wednesday through Sunday. Cannot wait for all the action, and I cannot wait to see and hear the cars on track. Oh, I'm getting jacked up just thinking about it. All right, everybody. Peace and love. Have yourself a great weekend and a great week, and we will talk to you here next week in Victory Lane. So long, everyone. <laughs>